Blog Talk Radio. Enough. 
If people are homosexual, if marriage is illegal for them, well, by God, it is going to be illegal for straight people as well. And that's just one of the issues I will come down with a firm hand on, and we'll keep going as this campaign uh, moves along. And, you know, as always, my tag team partner, but my vice presidential candidate as well, the, the, the big ticket on our way to the White House. Dave is on the line. We didn't think we'd have you this week, Dave, but we got you here. Dave, how you doing tonight? I'm doing I'm doing awesome. I'm doing great. I, I the personal obligation I was supposed to attend to, um, fortunately for for the Ken Reedy show and myself, uh, I wasn't needed. So uh, thank God I'm here and I'm ready to uh, I'm ready to do this. Sounds good, you know. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash the Ken Reedy Show. We want to hear from you tonight. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. We already got. Uh, our phone bank blowing up, so keep the calls. I'm going to get to the phone calls in a in a little bit. Um, also, you know, if you're going to Raw tomorrow night, Raw's in Jersey. I'm going to be there. Uh, probably going to set up something somewhere, tailgating. So uh, look around the parking lot. Uh, come on over and say hi if uh, uh, you want. But we, we will be there live watching Monday Night Raw. But uh, with the advent of the smartphone, I will still uh, do my best to get on the thread Again, every week, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Uh, we got polls there, questions, uh, comments, opinions, and every week on Monday Night Raw, we got a thread going uh, talking about uh, what's going on on Raw, giving opinion and feedback. So uh, I'll be giving a little bit of opinion of what things are like live at Monday Night Raw. And very excited, next week on the show, uh, we will have one Mike Johnson from PW Insider, one of, if not the most respected, uh, and also journalists in in the sport of wrestling. Um, you know, I, Dave. I mean, it, it's funny with Mike Johnson. You know, we, we refer to a lot of these uh, uh, websites and everything as dirt sheets. Um, I, I just feel like you know, it's almost an insult. Uh, Mike Johnson's the real deal. Uh, I would say, oh, I can't think of anything offhand, but you know, ninety nine percent of the time. Uh, if Mike Johnson's reporting it, it's true. Uh, he's got a lot of great insight on uh, the world of professional wrestling, and uh, looking forward to have him on to uh, ask him a, a few questions and what he thinks about the business of wrestling. Uh, agreed, Dave. Mike Johnson, respected. Yeah, Mike Johnson. He brings uh, you know some respectability to it. Uh, he's not you know he he doesn't you know he doesn't really form his own opinion when it comes to some of the the, the rumors that you see out there on the other dirt sheets and stuff like that um uh, but he brings some uh, respectability and uh, credibility to uh to to prowrestlinginsider.com so it would be cool to have him on next week can't wait cool looking forward to that and this week you know it's it's been a it's been a, i don't know a big week in wrestling it's been an interesting week in wrestling and uh First off, let's go with what the week started with, and on Sunday, uh, Bound for Glory. Uh, overall, and I'm kind of curious what you think, Dave, because uh, it is their big pay-per-view of, of the year. Um, this wrestling fan, not wowed, being honest with you, not blown away by the pay-per-view, but a solid pay-per-view. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't like, oh my God, this is amazing. There were some amazing moments in the pay-per-view. Uh, I thought it was, I shouldn't even say solid, even above average pay-per-view. Uh, didn't blow me out of the water. Your thoughts? Yeah, um, I thought it was I thought it was better than last year's pay-per-view, to be honest. Um, 
the uh, the match quality for this year's pay per view was better than last. Um, and uh, you know, the one big plus, obviously, is you know being out of the Impact Zone in Orlando, despite the recent crowds in Orlando being a little more livelier because they are live now um, every Thursday night. Um, the Phoenix crowd was pretty hot, pretty vocal. Um, they were in a small arena, so they were filled. The, the arena was pretty much sold out, and uh, you know, which was beneficial for uh, TNA. Like you said, some good moments. Um, you know, some, there a few memorable ones. Uh, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like you said, blown out of the water, so to speak, um, with, with the entire pay per view. But I thought it was a good outing for them, and uh, you know, moving upward. And let's talk, uh, you know, first the pay-per-view and, uh, you know, uh, it's interesting. We we brought up the dirt sheets and uh, the Internet is, is such a wild and, and wacky kind of wasteland as as an A-Rod might put it, uh, you know, perhaps loosey-goosey, if you will, uh, out there in uh, cyberland. Um, I kind of got a kick out of how it seems like in some way, shape or form, uh TNA manipulated uh, the internet, uh, perhaps the dirt sheets, and uh, they did a decent job hiding Matt Morgan and uh, Devon from actually being under contract. Uh, we heard all these reports that, uh, you know, both of them, they, they were out. The contracts were up and they were out of TNA. Uh, we knew that Matt Morgan had been showing up uh, here and there, uh, kicking refs, um, you know, we didn't know anything about Devon, and uh, they did a good job floating those rumors that those guys were out of the company, which uh, led to a great surprise, a great reveal at the end. I know we threw around some names, and uh, I, I believe uh, even Mr. Trivia may have thrown around uh, a Devon, uh, perhaps being behind Ace and Eights. Um, I thought the reveal delivered. I was very happy it wasn't... Uh, you know, it wasn't a Bischoff or anything else. We still may have a Bischoff uh, involved because, as you've seen, Devon is just the sergeant of arms. He is not the president. Uh, but I like the reveal. I thought they did a good job with that. What do you think? Yeah, it, it, got, it caught me by surprise because, you know, going into Sunday night, um, you know, when Mr. Trivia brought up Devon, and I thought to myself, well, it's possible, but... Um, you know, I think they're going to, I think they want to go with a reveal that's going to like absolutely like really blow everybody out of the water. They didn't do that. And they just went with Devon and it didn't explain that he was going to, if he was the, the, at the time of the paper, they didn't explain if he was the leader or not. They just, apparently he's the guy that's been letting them all in and letting them cause havoc, um, in the impact zone. So I thought that was good, um, but I think it's also a great role for Devon, a, a, a guy like him, because basically after after Team 3D split up a couple of years ago, it's really been Bully Ray that's been reaping the benefits of single success. I mean, Devon has had a forgettable run as the TV champion. I don't even remember the last time he defended the belt. They tagged him with Garrett Bischoff. Who's been in the wrestling for you know been in the wrestling business for a cup of coffee? Um, nothing real notable there. So I think this is a good role for him, and I, I and I look forward to seeing where he goes with it. Something different for him. Um, you know, he's not to me now. I look at him as you know, Devon, the sergeant of arms. You know, a member of a biker club like Aces and Ace. But before that, I looked at him as you know, when he was especially in singles, he was just a lost Dudley boy. 
that was looking to find his way. And I think this Aces and Eight storyline is really going to help benefit him going forward in the rest of his career. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think this is a role that he can he can flourish in. Uh, he's he's great on the mic. Um, and kudos to you know I gotta say both the Dudleys. Um, they need to put out a, a workout DVD or, or a diet plan because both those guys uh, continue to lean out. Um, to me, I thought one of the things that really helped Devon is he looks like he's continued to lose weight. Um, so I didn't think that was Devon. Physically, I just didn't think it, it was him. Uh, so kudos to the, the two of them for continuing to get in great shape. I mean, you know, Bully Ray has said it, and it's true. I mean, Bully Ray looks in the, in the best shape of his, his career. Um, and getting, I know his exact age, but he's at least late 30s, if not early 40s, uh, you know, be getting up there and, and be in the best shape of your career. That's pretty impressive. So uh, good for them. Uh, liked the reveal. Uh, I thought that was tremendous. Uh Love the, uh, it almost looked like Bully Ray had tears in his eyes, so kudos to, uh, you know, the the nominees for Best Actor during a reveal at the end of a pay-per-view, and the Emmy goes to. Uh, that was real good. I, I thought it was good, and I, and I like what they're doing with Ace and Eights. I, I still think it's working. Um, you know, they had a a melee, a couple of melees on Impact, so that, that worked for me. I, the melees are just good. I just love when everyone runs in the ring and just starts beating on each other. So that was good stuff. And uh, there's there's some more uh, mystery involved. Uh, you know, I mean, and really and truly, who knows? I mean, who knows who that guy is with the long blonde hair? They're keeping that a secret real well. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's, I, I, he re, he stri- strikingly resembles a, uh, a family member of... Uh, the, the the legendary Briscoe brothers. I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but could be. I mean, the, you know, it's I, it's hard to tell. It's I mean, the you know, the the no, jeez. <laughs> I had no other jokes for it. <laughs> I was trying to think of something funny to say. It's just it's dumb. But that was good. I thought that was good. Um, you know, I I thought Storm Rude was great. Uh, that that to me was really the the great moment of the pay per view. Uh. You know, you don't get it enough anymore, but just a a good rivalry that uh, they built over a year and they set up a, a real blow-off match. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I think, you know, Dave, you brought up, uh, uh, if not last week, a few weeks ago about Cena and, and CM Punk and their long-standing rivalry and... Uh, you know, who knows how many times these guys are going to wrestle. And, and it is a good rivalry. But I don't think they'll ever set up, like, a, a true blow-off match with, with the two of them where they're finally going to settle things. And they just had an old-school feeling to it. Uh, you had the Crimson Mask, which, again, like, to me, in a, in a heated rivalry with a blow-off match, uh, you know, a little blood goes a long way. Uh, you know, Ric Flair said nothing works better, and it's true. And the, these sort of things, nothing works better. And, uh, you know, for the Cowboy to come out on top, I I just thought I, there's not enough good things I can say about that match. Uh, they they did a real nice job with that. Yeah, totally agreed. And uh, the one thing that was interesting, because that match is as great as that match was, uh I thought Hardy versus Double A was very good. Two very athletic guys. Um, if 
I gotta be honest, maybe slightly disappointing. Uh, maybe it's because going in, I, I really expected like you know a clinic on on how to do a wrestling match. I, I was again, I thought it was a very good match, um, but I, I I did come away from that like I, I kind of wanted to be wowed, and maybe it was because of Storm Rude earlier in the in the telecast. It kind of took away a little bit for me because that gave me that wow moment. Didn't really have that wow factor for me. Again, very good match, but. I don't know. I think I, I walked away from it a little disappointed. Yeah, it was it was a good match. You know what I did like though? I liked the dynamic of the audience. How they 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 cheered Austin Aries and and booed Jeff Hardy. It was almost you know. And I've read stuff about it online this past week. It was along the lines of the CM Punk John Cena dynamic with their with their interactions with the audience. I mean, you know, Hardy's the babyface and he's getting booed, you know, out of the building and then. You know, Austin Aries is supposed to be the heel, and they're still chanting his name even when he's, you know, insulting them. It, it, you know, it's 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 interesting because it's almost like TNA's ver- Jeff Hardy is TNA's version of John Cena. Now he's a champion. He's got a he's got a, a large following with you know, with, with with teenagers, with young kids, with girls. You know, um, similar to what John Cena has. It's just like it's, it's some of those traits that they that you can compare him and Cena together. And he's getting booed in Phoenix, but he goes to Orlando and he's, you know, a, a cult hero. You know what I mean? Like Cena, Cena for the most part gets a negative reaction wherever he goes, but it's not overwhelming. In Phoenix, it was overwhelming for, for Jeff Hardy. Um, but that's what I like, that dynamic of the match. Um, it seemed like the end was too predictable that he was going to beat Aries. But for what's worth, it was a good match. I enjoyed it. I thought it deserved to uh, main him at the pay-per-view and uh, – Overall, I enjoyed the the Bound for Glory pay per view. Like I said, wasn't wowed, but I still thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a very solid pay per view, and, and kudos to the crowd uh, in Phoenix because uh, you know for the uh, Ace and H reveal, uh, this is awkward. Maybe one of the best chants I've ever heard. I was cracking up when I heard that. Um, so very good chant by uh, Phoenix. I don't know who. If whoever started that chant is listening, kudos to you, because that was a kick-ass chant. So, uh, good job. But, uh, you know, Hardy is the title holder, and uh, I'm curious your thoughts, Dave, because, uh, you know, Hardy came out on, on Thursday night and, uh, you know, sporting a, a new belt. And I thought it was funny how Aries looked at it and said, uh, oh, that's not my belt. Um, what are your thoughts on, on – I, I refer to them as vanity belts. I don't know, personalized belts. But I'm going to call them vanity belts. Uh, what are your thoughts? Like, how do you feel about those? Uh, I guess it's got to depend on the character. I mean, um, you know, when Hardy Hardy, this isn't the first time Jeff Hardy had a belt like that. When he had that run as a heel with Immortal a few years ago, he had a purple belt with the same similar logo, and I hated it. I thought it was terrible. I thought somebody had like, you know taking a copy of the Divas title from WWE and just kind of gave it to Jeff Hardy and modified it a little bit. And uh, then when he brought it out on on, uh, on Thursday, they changed it from purple to black, and I thought, okay, it's a little better. Um, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of them. Um, I didn't really care for Steve Austin's smoking skull belt, um, although it made sense. Like I said, it's got to make sense with the character, you know. He, he put, you know the smoking skull on it. And of course it related to his character about bucking the system and an authority and doing whatever he wants. And 
then John Cena did it with the spinner belt, and they've kept the belt ever since, even though it doesn't spin anymore because it makes them a whole lot of money with kids buying the belts, you know, the replicas. So um, it depends on the person. I'm, it doesn't. This one doesn't bother me with Jeff Hardy as much as, as the last one did, but, you know, I'm not going to sit here and nitpick. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I look for the, the, the quality in matches and, and uh, the storyline as opposed to, uh, you know, what the belt looks like. Yeah, I hated it. <laughs> hey, I, I, it, It's funny because I agree with you. Like, you don't want to look at, you know, the belt as opposed to the character or the match or whatever. But, uh, you know, I I just, I don't know. I, 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 to me, it, it does. It, it takes away a little bit from it. Um, it's definitely not as bad as his first belt. Uh, but still, I'm just, you know, it, you're the... You know, you're the world heavyweight champ, and, and you have a kind of a, a cartoon image of yourself uh, around your waist. Uh, to me, it does take away slightly, um, and I've never liked them. I, you know, as much as, uh, you know, whatever, there was the Brahma belts, the Brahma bull belt, there was the smoking skull, um, there's the, the Cena spinner. Um, to me, the belt's the belt. That's why I still love the... the uh, the WWE's uh, World Heavyweight Championship. I love that belt. I think the belt, you know, shouldn't change. Uh, you're the champ. That's the belt. It is what it is. Um, not a big fan of that belt at all. Now, put it out there. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of TNA's heavyweight belt anyway. I think the TV title actually looks better than their World Heavyweight Championship belt looked like. But, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm not a fan. Just just keep the belts constant. You don't need to change the the belts. Um, you know when you win a title. I mean, I don't know. The the what should be important is that your name is on the nameplate on the belt. That's it. Uh, so not a big fan of the belts. Um, so it was a good pay per view all the way around. We uh you know uh, dissect some of the matches. Interestingly enough, uh, we have new tag team champions in TNA. Uh, another Guerrero with some gold around his waist, but uh, interesting, um, you know, Angle and AJ Styles unsuccessful in uh, gaining the tag team titles. Uh, it's nice. I kind of like AJ and Angle, but, you know, AJ, man, AJ, AJ, talented guy, really talented. I mean, really talented. You know, if I'm not going to say I agree, but if someone said I think AJ Styles is the best worker in the business right now, I'm not going to get upset at you. Just saying. So he, he's on a short list of, of workers out there in wrestling, especially on TV. Um, man, but I'm bored with him. And it looks like they're they're splitting up him and Angle. Uh do we have a heel turn coming from AJ? Kind of snubbed the handshake uh, walking out of the ring after his match uh, this past week. Um, I don't know, man. Like For a guy as talented as him, what do you do with AJ? Well, all right. It's obvious that they want to go heel with him. Um, that's what it looks like. I mean, I could be wrong. You know, Maybe they're going to go a different direction. Maybe they'll turn angle heel. But AJ is like sympathetic, good old boy, country boy, baby face who can, you know, flip, flop and fly around the ring. It's been beaten to death for over 10 years now. He's been there since day one, literally day one in TNA. That joke got old a while ago. 
Then if you were to try and put him heel, the last time he had a heel run, they put him with Ric Flair. I understand why they put him with Ric Flair, to give him a rub so that he can gain some credibility and, you know, move up into the mainstream of superstardom in wrestling. But to me, I thought it was terrible, especially when he came out with a robe and feathers. He was like a poor man's Ric Flair, like, you know, with the with the boas. And I just thought it was stupid. And he looked like such a – he looked like a frat kid, like – like a, like a frat boy trying to be a badass, you know, and it just wasn't working for me. It just wasn't working for me at all. Um, my idea that I think I think could work, and, you know, there are people out there that will disagree with me, but, you know, basically AJ Styles has been there since day one. They they tried to make him the face of the company. For the most part, he is, he's never going to leave them. It, I mean, never say never, but it looks like he's going to stick with them till the day they shut down. And he – there's been guys that have come in that have been outside of TNA that, you know, guys like Jeff Hardy and Rob Van Dam who have been afforded better opportunities than AJ Styles has. Well, with AJ Styles, what I think they should do is turn him heel. But don't make him some, like, stupid, cocky, punk heel that, you know, and, and try and give him, like, a gimmick overhaul, so to speak. But almost, like, have him start to form a group of, of sorts. Like like a like a radicals type group, and the group is based on the fact that they're just like the best wrestlers in the world. You know, if you were to pair him up with like an Austin Aries, or you know, you could even you could even go back to pairing him up with Christopher Daniels and and Kazarian, and you know, make those make that group about the guys that are like pound for pound some of the best wrestlers in the world, but they they just don't get you know their 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 respect, so to speak, by the TNA audience. You know. And to have them, you know, just kind of like run roughshod. Maybe, you know, you know, they brought RVD back, you know, and put him in the X Division now, you know, to try and give the X Division a boost. You know, you can have RVD come out and say, well, I'm I'm trying to make the X Division, you know, relevant again. And, you know, I'm, I, I was X Division before X Division was cool. And then you can have AJ come out and say, I built the X Division. I'm the first X Division champion ever. If anybody's going to make it relevant, it's going to be me. And you got something right there, two guys who work their asses off and do a hell of a job um, in the ring. They can have good matches together. You know, but just don't, like, go over the top with, like, a, a complete character overhaul with AJ, you know. Don't try and give him, like, a different gimmick. Kind of keep him the same, but, you know, just kind of like that fine line, you know what I mean, as far as, you know, a character goes, you know, don't, don't, don't turn him into a little nature boy again. That's just, that's just my feeling. And then you can have these guys have all the gold and, you know, still feel like that they're not getting enough respect from the audience because they're cheering guys like a Jeff Hardy or they're cheering, you know, Sting, who's, you know, obviously past his prime at this point, but um, he still puts out solid work, but he's not, you know, the Sting of 1989. So, um, that's where I, that's what I would do with AJ Styles, to be honest with you. Is base his character on the fact that he's one of the he's pound for pound one of the best wrestlers in the world, and give him a little bit of an edge and be mad about it, and have him form a group with a few guys, and you know see what they can do with it. Yeah, and it's not you know it's not a bad idea you know having him with an Austin Aries, um, and you you could give them a journey, and you know what it could put all the other belts uh, over. You know, you could have, I mean, why not have, you know, I'm okay right now with Austin Aries not being the heavyweight champ. I'm okay with, with Hardy winning it. Um, you know, I know a lot of people, I mean, I love Austin Aries, but I, I kind of wanted to see him become huge as an X-Division champ and then, you know, maybe move on. Um, I get it. 
they had to do you know make that stipulation mean something but um you know uh for destination x uh i get that uh you know but i I don't know. Like I just I didn't want him up in you know with the heavyweight strap. And again, I'm a big Austin Aries fan, so I'm okay with that. But you know, if you had something like that where you know maybe they all have you know they have all the belts except the heavyweight belt, and and you know who knows why don't you have Aries have a run uh, with Samoa Joe? Aries goes after the TV title, and AJ goes back after the X division title, and then you have Kaz and uh, uh, well, I'm brain farting. Daniels. Thank you, Jesus. Kaz and Daniels <laughs> going after the tag belts, and you know what? As they're all going after them, eventually, you know, have them all get them. So for a chunk of time, you know, and all those guys, you know, really except for AJ can can talk. Uh, you know, maybe they help AJ along, and like you're saying, not completely overhaul his character, but just you know, give him a little bit of an edge. Uh, a little attitude. He's not getting uh, the respect that he feels like he deserves. And, you know, down the road, you know, they do have Destination X with that stipulation that whoever has uh, the uh, Destination, the, the X Division title, gets to go after uh, the heavyweight strap. So if you have a slow build over time and have, you know, just because AJ's going after the X Division belt does not mean he has to get it right away. Give it some time, and then build him up strong as a strong X Division champ, and then AJ gets elevated back into that heavyweight championship uh, position next year at Destination X. That could be a way to do it, but I do agree with you. I think regardless of how they do it, um, a heel turn and, and giving him some sort of edge uh, would definitely be beneficial because, uh, quite frankly, this wrestling fan is kind of bored with AJ Styles. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We'll talk. We're going to talk about everything in the world of pro wrestling. So uh, whatever you got, bring it. Uh, just before I forget, just want to send out some congratulations to uh, uh, an NWA guy. Ricky Reyes is going to be at Raw this week, uh, tomorrow night. So uh, congratulations to him. Don't know what capacity or what he'll be doing, but... You know, he's he's backstage at a Monday Night Raw. So congratulations, Ricky Reyes. Uh, was fortunate enough last week, uh, you know, called one of his matches at NWA Coastal, and they put on a good show. So you want to check out NWA Coastal, uh, you know, down in uh, uh, Bayville, New Jersey. Uh, put on a, a heck of a show last week. Uh, did some live commentary. So uh, check them out. And like I said, NWA on Fire is... Uh, you know, every Friday night, 11 o'clock on MeTV, and, and you can see Ricky Reyes. Uh, we have some matches with him on the show before he blows up into superstardom in the WWE. But right now, we're going to go out to the phones, and let's see. I think we'll, because I think this is Tony. Tony, are you there? Yeah, hey, how you doing, guys? Doing all right. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I saw Bound for Glory, uh, too. I thought it was a very good show. I thought it was... Um, yeah, I, I liked that. I thought that they did a good job. Storm uh, rude match was like it was real. That, that was a really good, you know, blow off uh, match. They, they really, you know, I was like even like Bobby Roode took the two bumps onto the uh, thumbtacks. That was like that was oh man, that was that was crazy. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know how those guys do that. Like every time, I mean, and it's funny because they're bleeding buckets, and and in in my head, I can I can conceptualize like if I had to, I think I could blade. I think I think I could do that to myself. 
Man, for whatever reason, the tax just freaked me out. <laughs> when I see someone get slammed on tax, I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah, yeah no, I mean, they're all, like, sticking out of his back and everything. It's like, oh, man. And ultimately, I mean, it, it can't be that significant an injury. I mean, it's just annoying, but I, I still, like, it just, to me, it just looks like a thousand paper cuts all at once. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah. Um, even as far as, like, the... Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Jeff Hardy and uh, Austin Aries. That was good too. I, I think that I, you know, I was hoping they would put the belt on Aries. I don't know if you heard Mike Tenay's uh, comment uh, just before the fans started chanting for Austin Aries. <laughs> Mike Tenay actually said, you know, it's like oh, the, the creatures are overwhelmingly uh, drowning out the uh, the Austin Aries fans or whatever, and then the whole place starts chanting for Austin Aries. <laughs> hey, I love Mike Tenay right on the pulse of the public. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, so that was, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, um, but yeah, you know, as far as like doing it, the AJ Styles, also the AJ Styles heel turn, him do him as a, a heel, you know, like I say, you know, I've done it before. Like I say, it doesn't really, I've, like you say, you know, he, he, it doesn't really, he doesn't really come off believable as a like as a heel. I mean, you know, maybe like if they do something with like, like with him and RVD, like uh, David, and you, know, like you were talking about with the X Division title, I think that. That might be the best uh, kind of a heel turn that they can do for him, if, they, if that's what they're going. Uh, that's where they're going to go. But, and Tony, uh, is is it just us, or or are, are you like somewhat bored with him? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say really bored with him. I, you know, I mean, I just see AJ Styles, and I'm like, okay, AJ Styles, and all. You know, it's like usually a guaranteed a good match whenever he's in, whenever he's wherever he's out there. So you know, I just kind of look at, you know, look at it that way. I, I mean, even you know, like the, the that tag match too. I, I thought that was good too. I, you know, I. I thought they should have kept the belts on Kazarian and Daniels because those guys were, you know, the, 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 you know um, Daniels is another one. I mean, he's he's um, like AJ Styles, you know. I mean, I know he hasn't been there consistently, but he was. I think I believe he was also at the uh, at the first show, uh, the first TNA show. Tony, quick question. You know, Ken brought up, you know, if you're bored of them, do you ever get the feeling when it comes to AJ Styles that TNA? Needs always needs to find something for him to do because he is one of their homegrown talents. He's like you know he's one of the he's he's an original. He's been with them since the very first show. Do you ever feel like TNA is like, oh well, we'll just throw AJ Styles in this because we have to get him on the show? Like do you ever feel that way? A lot of the, you know sometimes that that that, uh, that yeah that that kind of does happen you know it's like when they like well like a few years ago you know like when uh, all of it, you know like when uh, Sting and Flair and everybody you know like all the big names or when they bring you know, like when they were going through that spell of uh, you know it's like okay all all the uh, WWE guys were bringing in are going to get the push over the homegrown guys so I mean I it did it did kind of feel like he was you know like at a certain point but it did feel like there was he was getting kind of like you know pushed aside in favor of. Oh, bringing in a guy from WWE or an old WCW or ECW guy that's like you know, and they're like pushing the TNA TNA uh, TNA guys just you know to you know to, to the side there. You know? That's tough. I just say you know it's funny because I agree with you with AJ. I, I think he always puts on a solid match. I just I find myself a little bit bored with his character. I just I'd, I'd like to see something. Do. They should just shave his head. That's <laughs> Shave, shave his. They should just shave his head. Give him jorts and a, a leather vest. That'd do it. Oh my god, that'd be weird. Well, <laughs> as long as they don't have, as long as they don't have him in aces and eights, I think that would be like really. Um, 
No, I'd like to keep him separate from that whole thing. I'd like to see yeah, him turn yeah, like something that's kind of separate from that. Uh, they couldn't put him in aces and eights because they don't have a motorcycle uh, short enough for him to get on. So, oh. Oh, one of the sidecars. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. But, uh, oh, we're so mean, Tony. As always, thank you for the call. Uh, remember, Tony is our guest blogger. He blogs for Raw, SmackDown, and Impact. So go to thekenreedyshow dot com and check out. Tony's blogs. Appreciate the call. We'll talk to you next week. Yep, and uh, you said Mike Johnson is going to be uh, next week? Mike Johnson will be calling in next week. All right. That is, that is awesome. I've, I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Yeah, he, he should, I'm looking forward to talking to him, too. He's a yeah. respect for the business, and uh, yep. you know he's a good guy, too, so it should be fun. He is, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've actually met him a couple times. Yeah, he's a good guy. All right, so we'll yeah, talk next he week. he really is. Yeah. Take it easy, Tony. Definitely. Right. Yeah, see, look at that. Mike Johnson, like, getting people a little excited being on the show. It's going to be good stuff. Uh, let's go back. I think we got Mr. Trivia on the line. Uh, Mr. Trivia, are you there? Hey, what's up, guys? Not much. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Just uh, sitting there listening to your uh, Aces and Eights analogies there. Um, Ken, the guy in the blonde hair? Yeah. J E double F J A double R E double T double J Jeff Jarrett. You think that's Jeff Jarrett? Jeff Jarrett is behind. Devon Dudley is the leader of Aces and Eights. Jeff Jarrett is behind it. Jeff Jarrett's the driving force behind Aces and Eights, along with Luke Gallows, Chris Masters, and uh, some other some other rookie guy that was on SmackDown back in 2008. Some some goofy guy. I have no idea. I can't, can't remember who they were saying. But Jeff uh, Jarrett so Jeff is, Jarrett's going to come out as the president? Jeff Jarrett's going to be the one that's going to come out, and he's going to say that he's the, he's the driving force behind Aces and Aids. You know, because he still has TNA. TNA is still his company. He founded TNA. Dixie Carter's just the president. She's the she's uh she's the owner, but Jeff Jarrett founded um DNA with his brother Jerry. Father Jerry and he he sold him, he sold Jerry. it. He sold I believe he sold his stock to her, if I'm not mistaken. So I mean he he's got he's got a lot he's still got a lot of responsibilities with the company, but I don't believe he's an owner anymore. I could be wrong. But uh, well, line well, you could, that works for him to, you know, get involved. I mean, wants his company back or it's his it's his company and it was un unrightfully taken from him. So it does it works for him to be behind the whole thing. Um I'd be I mean I, I I've always kinda liked Jeff Jarrett, so I'm okay if he winds up being a the leader yeah. of the AIDS. Also one of the other things too is um Ryback. Um my prediction and uh, obviously you're gonna hear it first here on the Ken Reedy show or Mr Trivia Exclusive. Um, Ryback will be the new heavyweight, the new WWE heavyweight champion, which wow. I can, t- which I can see a heel turn with either him or John Cena. One of the two is going to turn heel, and they're going to go against each other. I could see that happening. So you think, but you, he'll, you know, Ryback will remain a, a face for his championship match. You're saying after he wins the belt, he turns heel? I believe so, yes. 
because uh, they also have plans for Randy Orton to turn heel because they, um, they want to see, I don't know, for some reason they, they think Sheamus is going to beat the Big Show. I see the Big Show beating Sheamus. But if Sheamus does beat the Big Show, they're going to see or they're going to see how Sheamus can handle the super. Uh, I mean, he's handling it very very well now. But I guess McMahon wants to see how they can how he can handle the superstar status as being champion, and then they're going to turn Randy Orton heel. So I, 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 see that. I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of rumors that uh, Orton's been lobbying. Uh, to turn heel, and and it's funny with Orton because Orton, you know, essentially, really, really did not change his character much at all. He just started going against heels, so he and and the crowd started cheering yeah. him. Um, his character is, in in a traditional sense, you know, more of a heel character than than a face. I mean, you know, one of the things he really enjoys doing is kicking people in the head. That's yeah, you know, kind of a heelish kind of thing, but uh, yep. yeah, I, I would love to see get, it. I mean, it did shake things up a bit. Yeah, that would be uh, that. That would be see, because they. I mean, right now, I think SmackDown. Right now, I think SmackDown is the better brand right now. Um, as far as uh, you know, their storylines and what have you, because I really think that Raw should not be three hours. They talk too much. They they got to find stuff to do to fill the time. Uh, that guy from uh, that one tough enough that got the WWE contract, uh-huh. he got fired. He got fired. So it's just one of the things where I mean they just got to find something to to have more matches and more more storylines because it's getting. I mean I'm actually I was actually. Looking forward to watching TNA Thursday night. That's pretty bad. Let me ask so, you, as, uh, as you're talking about this, and before we let you go, I'm I'm kind of curious. What are your thoughts? Are, are you excited about Hell in a Cell? Yes. And, and what are you looking forward to most? I'm looking for, I'm looking most towards um, the, the title matches. CM oh. Punk, Ryback, Big Show. Uh, uh, Big Show, Sheamus. I'm looking forward to those two matches, and uh, it's going to be uh, pretty interesting. I really think I don't know if they're going to do it. I could be wrong. Um, you know, we're both experts in this business, Ken, but I could be wrong. And uh, I th- are all the matches going to be in a cell or just certain ones? You know, it's funny. We were talking, Dave and I were talking about this before the show, and to be honest, neither one of us were a hundred percent sure. I don't think all the matches are. I'm fairly certain all the matches are not. Um, and we couldn't figure out if, if both title matches were in Hell in a Cell or if it's just the one. We weren't sure. I guess the the uh, you know the promotional department I, needs to be a little more specific. I thought it, yeah, I thought it was John's. I thought it was Ryback, Punk, and Sheamus, Big Flow. Those were those. <laughs> I thought those were the two. That, that's, that what, that's what I thought as well, but um, we were talking beforehand. We were going through some of the WWE promotional stuff, and uh, Dave was pointing out that a lot of times when they, then Big Show and Sheamus were talking about their match, they would say, when we wrestle at Hell in a Cell, 
and they haven't yeah. referenced many times getting into the cell. So um, we'll we'll have our we'll have our research team and and my producers start to, to look into that, and and uh, hopefully we can get more specifics. But we honestly were not sure, so. Uh, yeah. It's not our fault. WWE promotional is is dropping the ball, and they need to be and, more specific. And two things, and two quick things before I go. You got the uh, you got my address to send out that package, right? Yeah, I got you. Okay, and second of all, I want to be one of your cabinet members. Okay, yeah, we're we're taking applications. So, uh, yeah, whatever position you want, just go over to a Ken Reedy for President uh, event on Facebook, and uh, you know, let me know what you want, and we'll uh, you know, I'm figuring probably the election night. You know, while we're cool. watching the results, I'll, I'll start naming my cabinet. Cool. And also, don't forget the top rope Tuesday night at 7:30 p.m. on WPAA. And also, for you fans out there that are watching, that are listening and calling, don't forget number one man in the talk show business, Ken Reedy. Yeah, thanks a lot. Ken, I appreciate it. Talk to you soon, Mr. Reedy. Thanks for the call. All right. Bye bye. Interesting stuff for Mr. Trivia. It's funny that, like, so I guess I'm glad that we weren't the only ones that were confused. Uh, what matches uh, exactly are uh, actually in the cell. Um, you know, who knows? Uh, but you're right. If if Seamus Big Show is in the cell, they're not doing a lot to push the fact that, you know, you're going to be locked in with a giant. Um, so you would think they'd be pushing that more if they're actually going to be in the cell. So I, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. Yeah, yeah. Um... I, I would think that they would, if it was going to be in Hell in a Cell, that they would want to hype that match um, a little better. Um, but my guess is that I don't think they're going to be. It's going to be in Hell in a Cell, and I certainly don't think that all of the matches are going to be inside Hell in a Cell. Um, I don't think that they. I don't think WWE would want to copy the concept that TNA does with Lockdown, having every cage match. I think. I think now that they, they've realized that the Hell in a Cell pay per view isn't exactly a, a, a money maker for them in terms of, you know, uh, you know, people, you know, going out and buying the pay-per-view to watch it just on the name alone. And I think they want to take the most important storyline and put that in hell in the cell. And I think right now Punk and Ryback is that storyline considering the, the, uh, the amount of hype Ryback has gotten in recent weeks. Um, so I, I just see that match being in hell in the cell. And to be honest with you, I'm perfectly fine with it. I am looking right now at, uh, and, and again, this is not uh, law, but I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for, uh, and it has a listing of each match. And next to Seamus Big Show, it says singles match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, and next to Punk Ryback, it says Hell in a Cell match for the WWE Championship. So. I'm thinking uh, as of this that there's only one Hell in a Cell match uh, at the pay-per-view, and that would be Ryback versus CM Punk. So, so only one Hell in a Cell match, which is interesting. Uh, but let's go right back out to the phones. Call, are you there? Hi, Ken. Yeah, it's Justin. All right, what's up, man? Not much. How you doing? Pretty good. Let me ask you something. What do you what do you think about Ryback? Oh, he's excellent. Do you think he's gonna he's gonna beat CM Punk? Oh, you betcha. What I about, bet what you are, can. What about the uh, tag team champions? What do you think of those guys? They're they're awesome. 
You want me to? Who do you think's gonna? What was that? They're awesome. You got anything uh, you want to say to Dave tonight? Yeah. What do you got for me, Justin? Dave, you're the best yeah, man in the so, whole world, man, buddy. What'd you say? I said you're the you're, you're a wonderful guy. Awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you very much. You're, you're, you're a wonderful guy, too, Justin. We're glad that you're a part of the Ken Reedy Show. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Love having you call in, Justin. You just you, you just make us feel good when you call us. Can uh, I have another question for you? Shoot, man. Uh, somebody passed away, Ken. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Well, my, my mother, Liz, she passed away. She was very sick. I feel so guilty about her. I miss her, man. Your mom? Yeah, Liz. I miss her. I'm sorry. That, that's horrible. I'm I'm sorry that that happened. Um, you know, how are you doing? Pretty good, Ken. She she, I love, I love uh, her because she's the best mother in the whole entire universe. Well, that's great. And you know, it's I mean, you're a good guy, and uh, you know, it's it's just keep being a good guy and keep doing what you do and. Uh, you know, she's looking down on you, and she's probably real proud of you. You bet. All right, Justin. Uh, thanks a lot for the, for the phone call. Uh, you know, again, sorry for your loss, and uh, hope to hear from you next week. Sure, Ken. Why not? All right. You take it easy, man. Easy, Ken. You're cool. Thanks. I appreciate it. Take <laughs> care. Wow, okay. That was a little heavy, but uh, thanks, Justin, for uh, giving us a, a, a phone call. Uh you know, it sucks. Uh, you know, big, big loss in, in Justin's life, but, uh, you know, it looks like he's handling it well. So, uh, sure, Mom, wherever she is, she's she's damn proud of you, man. So, uh, keep up the good work. And, wow, you know, this is one of those, this is one of those, like, Casey Kasem moments. Like, how do I transition from that back to just talking wrestling? But I guess it's what we have to do. Yeah. Show must go on. So. Yeah. So, uh, you know, let, let's talk. It was interesting because Mr. Trivia brought up that he is actually looking forward to uh, Sheamus and, and Big Show. And in our in our pre-show meetings, Dave and I were talking, and, and it was interesting that neither one of us are Sheamus haters. We're okay with Sheamus. You know, we're not, it's not the, the second coming of, of Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair or anything, but we're, we're okay with Sheamus. We're good with Sheamus. Um. Getting into the ring with the Giant. He's had the belt for a while. Uh, you know, his biggest challenge, a guy who's usually the the bigger guy in stature, is getting in the ring with a guy like the Giant. Crazy. He, I mean, it's just it's a, it's a huge challenge for him. And it, 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 I should be into this. And I'm just not. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just... I'm not actually excited about this match. I, I'm not totally into this storyline and I, and I'm not necessarily saying that it's it's the WWE's fault or anyone else's fault. I just don't know why. I I'm not feeling the juice uh for this match going in. Uh your thoughts, Dave? I I couldn't agree with you more. I'm not, I've been really feeling the juice on Sheamus for quite a while. Um probably since Probably since dating back to uh, you know WrestleMania with with uh, the stuff with Daniel Bryan, and I could even go as far as that four way match he had with uh, Jericho and uh, Del Rio and Orton, and it looked like they were leaning towards a Sheamus Randy Orton feud, which I thought was going to uh, 
which I thought was going to be good. But unfortunately, Orton uh, uh, got suspended by the WWE and was off for two months. So that was put on the back burner. The stuff with Del Rio, it just there wasn't anything that jumped out at me. The matches weren't terrible. The promos weren't even that bad. The story just was kind of, ugh. You know what I mean? Um, it's funny that, you know, we talk about this, but it, 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 it's kind of ironic that at WrestleMania, you know, Sheamus won the world title in 18 seconds. And Daniel Bryan was obviously the more popular wrestler, even though he was a heel in Miami on that night. And look where both of their careers have gone since April. Daniel Bryan is probably the second or third most popular guy on the entire roster right now with with yes with the yes chance and the no chance and his association with Kane and all his anger management stuff. And Sheamus has just been kind of like an underwhelming world heavyweight champion. Just nothing really stood out. Um, I mean, granted, it's a fresh matchup with Big Show because he's never wrestled him before, but there isn't anything that just jumps out at me. It's almost like now I'm waiting for, like, the moment when Dolph Ziggler decides to cash in on the world champion and maybe we'll see something fresh again because to be quite honest with you, this is kind of like AJ Styles. I'm a little bored with Sheamus. And I like Sheamus. He he brings a lot, and I think he's got a future of being, you know, one of the top guys in, in the company. And certainly that's the way they want to portray him now, but it's just not doing it for me with him. And it's weird also, like, I, I thought the end of SmackDown was odd. Um, you know, you had, you know, and it was exciting, actually, that you, you almost had Ziggler cash in. And, you know, Ziggler nails his finisher, and Sheamus is out, and, and Ziggler grabs the briefcase. And, and it, you know, and it's funny, because, and, and they get me. They get me every time where I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, Wow, cool! Something new and fresh. They're gonna throw us a curveball, and then they don't. And and I, I, I get pissed at myself for getting excited and thinking that something really different's gonna happen, and it just doesn't. And when he was about to cash in, I was like, "Well, he nailed his finisher." For a split second, I thought, "Oh, that would be cool." And then you have a real David and Goliath going into Hell in a Cell if if Ziggler's successful in the cash in. Like this, this could be neat. Ziggler's really gonna cash in, and. Then Big Show nails Ziggler with a weapon of mass destruction, and Ziggler's just out. And, you know, then, then Big Show grabs a mic, and, you know, that's that's what's going to happen to you at the pay-per-view, what I did to Ziggler, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, it was weird to me because in this game of wrestling, and we all watch it and we all love it, and, and you know, for a grown adult male, I dedicate way too much time to this. But we love it. We love wrestling. And we all know that there are storylines, and it's and it's scripted, and and the, you know we're in the kayfabe and all that other good stuff that we love about pro wrestling. So in the universe of pro wrestling, if we're not talking about scripts and storylines, and we're talking about if it was real life, in real life, wouldn't a guy like Big Show rather face a Ziggler for the title than a Sheamus? So I, the way they set up that whole ending just didn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, he's about to cash in. To me, you know, go knock Sheamus out, let Ziggler cash in, and then you you, you literally, Sheamus is half your size, and now you're going to wrestle someone half Sheamus' size for the title. So I, I to me, like, storyline-wise, I thought the end was kind of disjointed. Um, it didn't work for me. And, uh, 
you know, I, I'm just I don't find myself getting excited for this storyline. Um, the the interesting thing with this is is and we'll get into predictions next week. Um, but talking a little bit, uh, who do you, who would you like to see win, Dave? Aside from well, we'll predict who we think is going to win next week. But you know, you get hey, you get a, a phone call on on the old cell there, and it's Vincent Kenny McMahon, and he's like, Dave, hey. You're in charge of creative now, so you get to you get to do what you want in this match. Who, who do you have win if if you had control? Well, that's a tough one. I mean, Big Show doesn't need the belt, but I mean, they they they, they keep going along with this 45 second thing, you know, from when he lost the title the last time to Daniel Bryan when Daniel Bryan cashed in his money in the bank. Um, I mean, you can go a couple different ways. One, you can have Big Show beat Sheamus, and then Dolph Ziggler cash in. And, you know, Sheamus will give him the broke kick, knock him out, and then you have Dolph Ziggler cash in um, on Big Show, and he cashes in, and Big Show's reign lasts less than 45 seconds. I mean, it wouldn't really hurt him. He's a monster. People, you know, people are still going to believe he's a, he's an ass kicker. He just, you know, got caught at the wrong time again with the money in the bank. Or... You could have Sheamus win and, you know, beat Big Show after a pretty hard-fought battle, and then Ziggler could take the title from him. You could set up Sheamus-Ziggler matches for the next few months. I mean, I don't know. Um, like I said, I'm bored with it, so I'm not really I'm not really feeling the storyline with him and Sheamus. So, to me, it doesn't matter really who wins. Um, but if I were to do it, I'd, I'd probably go with my first option, have Big Show win again, and then Ziggler cash in on him and then you start something maybe with Big Show and Ziggler and maybe that's when Ziggler kind of turns baby face because he still gets a positive reaction from the crowd it's just the fact that he's with Vicky Guerrero maybe you have him dump Vicky and be like okay I got I, I got what I wanted I don't need you anymore bye and then you know there's an old affiliation with Vicky, uh, Big Show and Vicky from way back in the day so maybe you put the two of them back together um I don't know. I, I I'd probably just go with my first option to be honest with you and see what Dolph Ziggler can do. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny because I just threw that out there. I, I don't know where to go. I mean, the one thing I think about with this match, you know, over the past couple of years, the WWE has definitely shown, you know, there are certain trends, obviously, you know, and you know we've talked about that, you know, they like the idea of the 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 benign, smiling, corny joke making face. Like that, and that's a. It seems like a creative decision, and and you know, Cena's been doing that for a while, and and, and Sheamus has kind of fallen into that uh, that character, you know, uh, lots of smiles, lots of corny jokes, uh, great with the kids, and seems like they're they're top faces. That's kind of what they want out of them. Um, the one other trend that we've seen over the years is uh, a monster having a monster world heavyweight championship run. Uh, we watched Mark Henry have a great run, mowing people down left and right. Uh, we saw Kane have a great run, uh, you know, one of the best runs in his career. And uh, do we see that again now with Big Show? Does Big Show get his monster run? Um, it's funny. I know it's been done. I, I Actually, I think I would just go that route. I, I would love to see Big Show with the belt again. And I enjoy the monsters. I enjoy the ass-kicking monsters. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting if they decide to go the, uh, you know, less than, uh, was it 45 seconds? 
Yeah. Less than 45 seconds uh, again, you know, for for him. Um, I don't know. It would be interesting if Ziggler keeps talking about, you know, he's going to cash in at Hell in a Cell, and uh, you know, he comes running down, and when he realizes it's Big Show, he's like, "The hell with this! I'm not cashing in just yet." Um, who knows? But uh, it is an interesting uh, dilemma, and, and yeah, I mean, both of us here are not feeling the juice. But you know what? Maybe it's us. Because Mr. Trivia called in, and he's really looking forward to this match. But we're going to give you some more anal- analyzation, speculation. We're going to tear some stuff up, and you know we haven't, you know we haven't gotten to it yet. But we're going to dissect the hell out of what's going on with uh, Ryback and Punk, and Ryback being moved into a huge spot. Uh, too much, too soon. Perhaps we're going to get to that on the other side of the hour, but for now, and of course, your calls, 347-838-9815, you give us a buzz, let you know what you're thinking about the wonderful world of pro wrestling, but now, the only place you hear it right here, the Day 5 50-50 News Update. Thank you very much, Ken. That right there is the inauguration of Ken Reedy as President of the United States of America telling the vice president that this is the day five news report only <laughs> on the Ken Reedy show only on blogtalkradio.com unfortunately folks we have a sad story to start off this week our first story this week comes out of Daytona Beach Florida as it was reported that the son of legendary promoter of Florida championship wrestling Eddie Graham Mike Graham passed away this week some news outlets online say Mike Graham had apparently committed suicide with a self-inflicted gunshot to the head. However, those reports are unconfirmed at this time. Those same news outlets report that Graham's wife had found him Friday morning, but those reports are also unconfirmed. Graham's father, Eddie, coincidentally died of a self-inflicted gunshot back in 1985. Local police in Daytona have not released details on the cause of death. We here at the Ken Reedy Show would like to wish the Graham, fam- the, the Graham family our heartfelt condolences on the passing of Mike. ProWrestlingInsider.com is reporting that TNA had reached out to the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, last week to make an appearance at the inaugural TNA Hall of Fame sa- ceremony last Saturday evening in Phoenix, Arizona to speak about TNA Hall of Fame inductee Sting. Apparently, Flair had declined the offer to appear. Flair, whose contract was terminated in May, is still listed on the roster page on TNA's official website, despite his release from the company. Pro Wrestling Insider, back at it again, is reporting that there is talk within the WWE that The Undertaker will be returning to the 2013 Royal Rumble in January as a surprise entry in the Royal Rumble match. The company apparently has left it up to him on when to return and if he wanted to have a lengthy storyline and build towards WrestleMania 29. There is some feeling in the company that Taker may not want to have a huge match at WrestleMania like previous years and only be used for the 2013 Royal Rumble. In our fourth story, WWE is looking to help produce and distribute a movie that's been in the works about the life of Bruno Sammartino. The feeling within the company is is that by helping out with this particular project that Bruno would agree to induction into the Hall of Fame next year in New York City during WrestleMania 29 weekend. People close to San Martino have stated that he does not want to work with WWE in any form or fashion. And our final story of this week, reports have surfaced this week that WWE is in talks with two celebrities 
to appear at WrestleMania 29 next year. Charlie Sheen, who was rumored to be involved in SummerSlam in a storyline involving Daniel Bryan and Kane back in August, but the deal fell through. And hold on to your hats, folks, because this might cause a stir. The new reality TV phenomenon, child star Alana Thompson from the hit TV TLT show, Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. WWE is looking to capitalize on her popularity by by having her make a WrestleMania appearance. As of now, nothing is official regarding both individuals. And you heard him earlier on, Mr. Trivia, the top rope, 7.30, Tuesday nights on WPAA.TV. Check it out. Pretty fun show. And, of course, our friends over at the Gun Show, Bob Arian, YouTube, Steve Off. El Rotundo. I'm losing my mind. I just totally forgot what I was supposed to say. Check them out over on YouTube. YouTube slash Steve Off. Wow, that was interesting. There you have it for a very unorthodox Day 5 report this week on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, please, back <laughs> to you. That was amazing. This show has really had everything, but like we actually hit with Honey Boo Boo has, has, made, has made this show. Have you, have you ever seen Honey Boo Boo? You know what? I, I, I swear to God, I'm not lying to you when I say this, and I do watch quite a bit of TV, but um, mostly wrestling. But <laughs> when I heard this report this morning, I was like, who the hell is Honey Boo Boo? I swear to God, I've never heard of this show before. I've never heard of this kid. I don't know what this show is about. I, I can't even begin to explain to you, but apparently it's this girl... You just have her sit in the front row at WrestleMania, I'll be fine with it. But apparently, like, I read... Well, you know, oh, I don't know. I, I'd rather take Justin Bieber over this kid. <laughs> it, it's actually it's it's quite frightening. Uh, I actually it, the funny thing is, I, I guess being somewhat out of touch because same here, I, I do watch a lot of wrestling. Um, I had heard some people uh, reference Honey Boo Boo, and I I thought it was an expression. I, I just heard Honey Boo Boo a couple times out of people's mouths. And I, I guess it's. Uh, some newfangled thing the kids are talking uh, these days. And uh, so I looked at it. When someone told me it was a TV show, I looked up a clip on YouTube. And, oh, dear Lord. Oh, my God. What's the show about, if you don't mind me asking? Well, it's this little girl who was on T and Tierras. Uh, Tierras and to- Toddlers. Toddlers and Tierras. And uh, she's Another just... show I kill my brain cells watching. But yeah, go ahead. she's... I mean... <laughs> Trying to sound nice, but kind of like right out of the trailer. And uh, she's a goofy little kid, and uh, she she drinks this like sugary drink that gets her all hyped up. And uh, she's like six years old, and she does these pageants, and it's just it's it it's just the the epitome of of train wreck TV. Um, I, I have not watched one single episode. Like I just saw the clip on YouTube and. I was like, oh my god! Like, and and I mean, the whole like child beauty pageant thing is is borderline child abuse to me, and uh, the uh, the honey boo boo thing is is just. Uh, I mean, you have the mom like out there in the audience saying, "All right, honey, stick out your ass, stick out your," ass. and 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 honey boo boo, this six year old crazy child is like sticking her rear end out. It's just it's 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 bad. It's you know, like, I mean. It, what would be bad about, aside from just them being part of WrestleMania, that being bad, when, when you want to get 
away from that stigma of wrestling and wrestling being, uh, you know, part of the trailer park and, 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 you know, white trash, only white trash watch wrestling and, and that sort of like those stereotypes surrounding the business. This would be the worst thing in the world because that would just drive them. Anyone who's not a wrestling fan, once they hear that Honey Boo Boo is going to be part of WrestleMania, that's it. The stigma is just firmly implanted. It's right there again that, that people in the trailer park love wrestling, and that's what wrestling fans are like. So I, I really hope that that it's just a rumor and, and there's I no way. I hope that this little girl is just not going to be like the special guest referee of a Divas match or like tagging up with like, you know, Layla against like Natalia and Eve or something like that. And then like the six-year-old gets the pinfall victory. And, oh. It would just am be I, bad. The only, the only way I want to see Honey Boo Boo in, at WrestleMania is, is if Stone Cold shows up and stuns her. That that would be okay if if Honey Boo Boo comes out and starts talking on the microphone, then all of a sudden the glass shatters and he comes down and kisses, kicks this little six year old in the gut and stuns her. I'll be okay with that. That's the only what? way I want to see Honey Boo Boo as part of my WrestleMania in in, in New Jersey, no less. Your Honey Boo Boo, what? Yeah. <laughs> you got a little stupid tear on what? Uh, <laughs> Again, check us out. We, we are way the, the train. The wheels are coming off this train. Uh, check us out on Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. We asked the question uh, this week: Who's the most uh, underutilized or misused wrestler in the business right now? And we always want to get your take on things. Dan Carlson said Jack Swagger. Uh, interesting uh, take. Uh, yeah, I guess he is pretty underutilized. Uh, Anthony Charles Buchanan, Dolph Ziggler, and Christopher Daniels. Interesting that uh, I. I guess not underutilized, but I guess he thinks they're misused. Scott Greenbaum also said Dolph Ziggler. Uh, our our man Tony said anyone who isn't John Cena or Randy Orton. Uh, Tony then went on to list Dolph, Cody, Sandow, and even Punk has not been booked right. Mike Lancaster, Orlando Jordan, and Nicole Kriske says Tyson Kidd. So there you have it. Those are some of our underutilized wrestlers and you know at least now some of the guys that were underutilized at least we have the three-man band now to get those guys out there uh wow okay uh let's get this thing back on track give us a call 347-838-9815 is the number to call we're going to get to talking about uh a little ryback and punk do you think ryback deserves to be in that spot right now we want to hear from you but first off we got Bob Arian on the on the phone, and I'm sure Bob is is uh, not happy because uh, his man Steve Off unsuccessful in beating Tristan Law for uh, the BWO Heavyweight Championship last evening. So uh, let's get Bob on the line. Bob, you there? Yeah, you you bet I'm not happy. But uh, first, I have a couple other issues right now. Uh, when I heard Bobby America nominate you for president, Ken, I wasn't happy about that was not happy at all because you entertained that idiot. But I'm going to tell you something. After looking at what we got out there, what your views are, I'm going on record, and I, I'm going to have to bury the hatchet. i got to support you for president, and i got to support Dave for vice president. And you know what? You can Whatever you need for the campaign, I'm there for you guys. And I want you to consider me for CIA director. That's a, I, I, I can go. That, that sounds like a good position. Um 
Yeah, thanks, Joe. And that's what that's what this whole candidacy is about. You know, we're not always going to see eye to eye on things, but you know, we gotta we gotta bring both sides together and 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 you know try and run this country as a, as a cohesive unit, not fighting each other all the time. So uh, yeah, and why You're not? Right. I'll, I'll give you the CIA. Okay, you're right. I'm going to get into a little what happened last night at Bad Blood BWO. Uh, before I get into what happened at uh, Steve Zoff's match, uh, I'm a little appalled at the actions of, of some of the people that uh, are employed by BWO, uh, specifically Tony Scoff. Uh, last night was our uh, costume night. People uh, went out, spent money on costumes, came into the show to win a prize, and every time Tony Scott came out, he just ridiculed all our paying customers that were dressed up. But uh, the sign guy, Mike Ferreira, I thought he had the best outfit of the night. He was dressed up as the corpse of Tony Scott. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. I actually actually posted a picture on your site, Ken, and Dave's site, and I thought it was a really good costume, and he did win runner-up, and he did get a Steve Off shirt. But what happened is this Tony Scott comes out and basically attacks him, destroys the mask, beats him with his tombstone, the tombstone he had. And you know what? I think uh, Mike Ferrari should look uh, to an attorney, and I think, you know, things are getting out of control. I know Section 8 is trying to control things, but we still got a clean house there. And, and what happened last night with uh, the chump, I mean the champ, twisting, twisting uh, law, break the law, was a crime. And I'm going to let Steve Wolf tell you firsthand, because he just got in from his third session at the gym today. So I'm going to pass the phone to Steve Wolf, if you guys don't mind. Sure, go ahead. Okay, Bob. Here's Steve Wolf, the real BWL world champion. That's right. Hey, Dave, how's it going? Oh, Ken, you're probably there, too. How's it going, man? <laughs> All right, Steve. So uh, so why don't you give us a lowdown on, on your unsuccessful attempt at the, uh, the BWL Heavyweight <laughs> Championship? Oh, that's funny. That's real funny. You know what? Technically, you're right. It was unsuccessful. I'm not going to make excuses, but let me just ask you a question. Uh, when the referee's back's turned and a man goes to get a steel chair, and then you catch him with that steel chair, and he smacks it off the mat, Eddie Guerrero style, and tosses it to you for the referee to turn around and see you with it, you know, to get you disqualified because he knows he can't beat you, uh, does that make somebody a true champion or does that make somebody a punk? Because in my mind, where I come from, that makes somebody a punk. Yes, in, in title, technically he is still a champion, but he's not a true champion. He's a man who's clinging to that championship for all it's worth. And you know what? There's a big difference between those two things. I've been on the other side of that. I know what that's like. And you know what? To this day, I regret being that guy. And now now I come across the guy who you know is that guy now. And you know what? I think that guy needs to tap out officially in a match. And you know what? He knows he would have done that. He knows he was about to do that. Steve, I got a question you know for you. With, <laughs> with uh, it, you know, the past two times it's, it's, you know, there's been some underhanded tactics by Tristan and the, and the, and the dynasty of destruction. And, you know, you've been, you know, oh, so close. Um, yeah. What, now you're at the point where like, are, do you lose your cool and just, you know, totally clean house and just, you know, not even care about the championship anymore and want revenge? Or, or do you come up with another creative way to get yourself an opportunity to title shot? Because it seems like it's an uphill battle with you and with, you know, BWO slash Dynasty of Destruction Management. Um, they obviously don't want you as a champ. They see you as a threat. Um, where do you go from here now? 
it's been two months in a row that you unfortunately you were unsuccessful um, due to the underhanded tactics by these guys. But you know, where do you go from here? What's your mindset? I mean, Bob said you spent you know your third session in the gym today. You must be pretty pissed yeah. off. Yeah, I mean to say I'm pissed off is a bit of an understatement, but that, that's that's around where we're at right now. And as far as formulating a new plan to actually get the championship, despite all the underhanded tactics, still working on that. I'm thinking something along the lines of no disqualification, two out of three falls in case he sneaks out of DQ. You know, I have two chances to make it up. Anything along those lines I think would work. Anything other than a regular standard match would work just fine for me. Even in a regular standard match, it could happen. But you know what? Like you said, the underhanded tactics, they're too much. I really need a no DQ type of match. And I think that's what the fans want. They were chanting it after the BS chant and the Steve Got Screwed chant. I think we give the people what they want, and you know what? It's put up or shut up. If he could beat me twice or if he could beat me in a no-DQ match, you know what? I'll admit that right now. He's the better champion. But you know what? That's not going to happen. Quite frankly, plain and simple, that is not going to happen. He may be second best, but he is not better than Steve Off. Absolutely not, not on his best day. And he knows it. Well, I, I mean, I, I would think Tristan would be willing to take on any any challenge you'd want to throw out there. He is a fighting champion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where we disagree because I don't think he's going to take this challenge. I think the only reason he took this past match is because he had to because I won the first one. I don't think he's going to give me another rematch willingly. And you know what? That's fine because I'll do whatever. And I repeat, whatever it takes to get one. Well, them there fighting words. Where I've come from. Can you tell our fans uh, where not? When is the, the next show? Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming the next show is where you're going to be lobbying to uh, get your, your title match. Uh, when can our fans see the BWO? I'm not sure when we're running in November yet. That's a bit up in the air right now. If you keep checking the BWO Facebook, Facebook page, the website, keep checking all that. Eventually it will be announced. We're going back and forth with the building about dates because they have a lot of stuff booked besides the BWO. So I'm, I'm assuming we'll have a show in November. If not, definitely the third Saturday in December. I'm not sure exactly what day that would be, but it's always the third Saturday every month, except maybe November. So keep, uh, you know, stay tuned to the BWO, all the social networking and the .com, and it will be posted as soon as we know. All right. Well, as much as we don't see eye to eye, Steve, thanks for the call. All right, man. Thank you all for right. having me on. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Steve. Uh, and there's Steve off. Not not a happy man. Uh, again, uh, unsuccessful in taking the uh, the title from Tristan Law. But you know, um, I don't know. There's an old saying: if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And I think our man Tristan Law is uh, he is going to hold on to that belt by any means necessary. And let's go back out to the calls. I think we got Mike on the line. Uh, Mike, you there? Hey guys, what's going on? Not much. How are you? All right, just a little. You know, I don't know. I'm just a little um, depressed about, well, Bob Arian, um, I think he was abducted by aliens or the government after him or something because he got the he got the story half right about what happened yesterday at the costume contest. Um, I it's was the, the story. Well, here's the thing. Um, they, they, he was right. They asked me to, you know, they asked the fans to dress up as, as you know, as participants in the thing. And I came, you know, dressed up as Scott's corpse. I handed out treats. I handed out ears and fingers. And I handed out all these, like, trinkets and stuff for body parts because I told you the bodies are going to hit the floor. And I kept 
And I love the way he just so very matter of fact said, "Yeah, well, let's hand it out body parts." All right, so here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it going. So anyway, I handed out <laughs> treats, and then the costume contest began. Well, we had the ring announcer; she was Vicky Guerrero. Then we had um, another employee, which was Arlene; she was Robin. And then it was my turn, right? And then there was another, and then and, and then a fan was in there. So Section 8 was the judge. So Section 8 told those BWO workers, you can't be in the show. You know, this is open to fans. So I figured, hey, I won the contest. You know, they were doing, you know, I was going to win. Then there was a fan who was a geisha girl. So I was like, nice, the geisha looks good. I'm looking into her eyes. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to win the contest. All of a sudden, they, uh, Section 8 said, hey, you guys, who do you want? Sign guy, a geisha, sign guy, a geisha, you know, scouts, whatever, corpse. And I was wearing my old man's shirt, and then I had sign guy in the back. So people were rooting for me. Then they were rooting for geisha. To make a long story short, I jump out of the ring. I turn my back. The next thing I know, the geisha attacks Arlene. It was Ada or Ida oh. or whatever. Dude, yes. So there I am, instead of me, of course, instead of me, because I can't get in the ring to help him, I said, you know what, I won. I was happy with that win, you know, win to win. I did feel bad for Arlene, so she was getting attacked by this nut job in here. I don't know how she got past security, but whatever. I mean, security's locked over there anyway, but I don't know what happened. And then, uh, and then the other story, uh, so I won. And I won the Steve Walsh shirt, and I'm very proud of my Steve Walsh shirt, and I thank Bob and Steve for my um, support in this. And then Richie Rotten comes out and they call Magic out and Magic's not medically clear to wrestle. And it just pissed me off that Richie Rotten has the nerve to tell everybody that Magic's washed up and the best years of Magic's career are behind him. But you know what? You know who's been behind Magic for all these years? Me. And you know, I love Magic. He's my best friend. And, and that's the truth. And, and uh, old man Scoff is right. They want, he wants to put his hands on me. I don't want a lawsuit because I do have one coming. I signed it at the Revolution and I joined it. What I want, if BWO is listening, I want to get, I want to be in the corner of Magic again. I want the sign guy to be in the, in the corner of Magic again. But a different sign guy, you know what I'm saying? Well, there you go. Like, so whoever's listening uh, out there... Uh... You know, if BWO is listening, I want back in because I am sick and tired, to use the old cliche, like Hulk Hogan says, of being sick and tired. And, and, that's, but, you know, and that's what it's all about. But, you know, but, uh, and, and on, a, on a quick note, tomorrow uh, is the 22nd, and it was the anniversary of my surgery that I had my heart valve, which I'm doing very good, ladies and gentlemen, with. Um, I had my heart valve replaced, and Magic was in the hospital, my hospital room, the night before. He showed up, and he told me that everything was going to be all right, and you know what? Damn right, Magic was 100% right, and I loved the guy for that, but um, but that's about it. Uh, I got some dates coming up. My voice is all messed up, man. I tell you, um, we had wrestling. We had a couple of TV tapings today for UWA Elite, which is a good company. I told you guys about this company. Matter of fact, November 10th, they're going to have Marty Gennetti, Jay Lethal, a whole bunch of others. Um, you can find that out if you go to UWAElite.com. Um, 
And also we have ECPW coming up this Friday for the uh, cancer. So you can go to ecpw1.com. Um, and and uh, how are you guys tonight? Doing all right. Uh, Mike, I always appreciate uh, the support and the call. And I'm glad you're you're feeling uh, well. And you said you're on our guys. Is it the one-year anniversary? Yeah, no, it's my three-year anniversary. Three-year anniversary. And I've been hitting the gym as hard to lose, you know, to lose weight. You know, keep up with everything. Um, can I weigh in about the Ryback situation? By all means, give us. Give I think us a it's take. too. I think it's too um, fast, too soon. And and in my estimation, we know he's not going to win. We know Punk's going to win. But I hope I hope Ryback learns and takes something from it. And working with Punk will be good. Uh, I just hope they don't make him win, but I don't think they will. Um, and and that's about that's all I got to say about that. And oh, by the way, one quick note: Honey Boo Boo was a slang word, and then all of a sudden it became a TV show or whatever. I heard about Honey Boo Boo. I think because somebody in the presidential office was talking about Honey Boo Boo or whatever, but they don't like Honey Boo Boo. Let me tell you something: they don't like Honey Boo Boo. Mitt Romney don't like Big Bird. I mean, get, what is it? Have Big Bird on, on Big Bird on, um, what do you call it, WrestleMania. By the way, I just want to say one more quick thing. Dave, Honey Boo Boo playing chess with Bob Backlund would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan, whatever the kid did. Uh, that's whatever. probably the best that's probably the best thing you said this whole phone call, Mike. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot, guys. You know that's that's the best thing I, I said this whole. I know, I'm I know, good. I know, I know you are. But anyway, guys, as thanks always, as always, thanks, thanks for the support, no, Mike. No, but I thank. Uh, no, it's all right. I thank. You. No, that's fine. I thank you guys for allowing me to come on your show, and I thank everybody um, for everything that they've ever done for me, and I will talk to you guys next week and have a nice week and you guys you know you know me hit me up on facebook i'm the you know i'm the sign guy what can i say you got it we'll talk to All you right, soon thanks a lot for the call thank you thank you very much wow this show is just all over the map this week <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm out of i'm out of breath just listening to that holy <laughs> Wow, man, we, we've hit like some heavy topics. We've hit Honey Boo Boo. We, I, wow, we are just all over the place this week. But thanks for the call. I guess uh, you know that was that was our indie segment. Who knew? I love Mike. He's great. We had our, we had our <laughs> indie segment. So uh, you know, Steve Off, Bob Barian, and uh, our sign guy Mike uh, giving giving a buzz in, and uh, and you know, and Steve Off actually has has been on our NWA program, so uh, he gets around the wrestling biz. Um, but he was definitely in one of the episodes. Uh, it was on MeTV. So, cool. So, that's it for our indie segment of the Ken Reedy Show. Now, back to the majors, and let's talk about, as Mike brought it up, Mike gave us an easy transition. So, uh, let's do a little Ryback Punk. Um, it's interesting, because I, I can see both sides of things. Uh, too much, too soon. Is he being brought along pretty fast? Um Perhaps uh, you look at the way things played out the past few weeks. It looked like they really were going to Ryback's going to annihilate Miz and be the IC champ. Perhaps a real dominant uh, IC champ, uh, and then all of a sudden they kind of just forget about that. And look, hey, Ryback's going after Punk. Um, my thinking on this is Cena's injury is a lot worse than 
anyone thought it was or was going to be. Um, I don't know where you go with this match. Uh, no shame in losing to the WWE champ, so they could do it in such a way that Ryback, excuse me, loses, but still uh, looks strong. Uh, I could see Ryback winning, but then to me, where do you go from there? I mean, if he wins the belt, I mean, this guy had an incredible run, and now, now what? Uh, and how long? I mean, if he if he runs roughshod over the whole company, and all of a sudden has a WWE title, uh, what do you do with him? I mean, they almost set him up to like you know, no one can beat him. Uh, and then you know, you, you throw around the idea of does a does a Lesnar show up and uh, confront Ryback? Um, yeah, I you know I don't know I, I don't know which I guess is a good thing that I don't know where they go in this this match but uh, it is a little bit of too much too soon uh, to be in this big a match this early in uh, this run we all know he was back you know he was here way back when with the Nexus thing but this run is Ryback uh, it's quick being into putting a main event in a pay per view uh, your thoughts on this Dave. Yeah, um, there's two there's two ways they can go with this. One, I mean, they're they're obviously looking for now. I think they're in, in a mode. The company's in a mode where okay, Cena's hurt. He's worn down. He's beat up. Now we got to really seriously pursue looking for the next big guy that's gonna we're gonna put the company on on its back. And <laughs> excuse me. Um, and I think I, I think they see Ryback in that in that in that mold. Um, so there's two ways you can go with this. One, you could have him win the belt clean over Punk. Doesn't really do a whole lot for for for, for Punk. It doesn't damage Punk a whole lot um, because Punk can always get his heat back in other ways. Um, and you got a star that's born in Ryback. Um, the real challenge, if he were to be the champion, is this. You know, putting them in the ring with guys like Big Show or Del Rio or Randy Orton or even John Cena and CM Punk and those guys, um, and seeing how well he performs against those guys—that would be the real test. It would actually be pretty interesting if they put him in a storyline where he got a title shot so quickly after beating just basically a bunch of nobodies. You know, for all intents and purposes, they really aren't. You know, I'm not saying that those guys are really nobodies, but like in in the fans' minds, they're not—they don't have any importance. And then he gets the title, and now the you know they could play up the storyline. Well, the real test is that you know can Ryback beat a Big Show because he's beaten Heath Slater about five times. Can he beat a Randy Orton because he's beaten Jinder Mahal about like six times? You know, that would be a little bit interesting. I mean, let's let's remember Sheamus was in the company for three months and beat John Cena, and then automatically went to the main event. You know, for and was facing guys like Triple H and Randy Orton and you know and John Cena again. So they could go that you know they they could go that route and give Ryback the belt. The other thing is, if you have Ryback lose because he's on such a roll and he is over with the audience and he's got a following that you you can't have him lose clean. Otherwise, what do you do with him after that? You know, it's almost like he would have to get screwed. And you brought up the point about Lesnar. Well, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Colin McTiernan, who is a friend of the Ken Reedy show. He's called in before. Um, if he's listening, Colin, I'm going to give you 100% credit for this one because I saw your post on the Busted Open Facebook page um, earlier this week coming up with the idea of 
having Vince McMahon add John Cena to the pay-per-view in a triple threat match, and then basically at the early stages of the match, somehow Cena gets handcuffed to the cell by Punk and Heyman, and he's trapped. And then Punk gets kind of tossed around, beaten up by Ryback for a little while. This is where you enter Lesnar, under the ring or, you know, from the back or wherever. And he jumps in and he helps Punk beat on Ryback. Then Cena rips the handcuffs off the cage. The superhuman strength finally comes in. Super Cena comes in and he chases Lesnar out of the cell. And then when he gets back in the ring, he eats a GTS quick, one, two, three. Punk's still champion. Ryback never got beaten. He's still undefeated. And the the pinfall loss that John Cena has to CM Punk does not hurt him because he's John Cena. And then you have you, you set up possibly Ryback and Lesnar for WrestleMania in down the line. The only downfall in that is is that does the WWE want to waste an appearance by Brock Lesnar on there because they only have him for certain dates and they're trying to make the most out of those dates with him. Do you want to waste an appearance just to get over a finish for a pay-per-view in the short term? Uh, you know, it's funny because uh, to me it depends on uh, a lot depends on John Cena's health. I mean, him being involved in that capacity means you know he's got to be able to do at least something. Um, you know, maybe the WWE does you know blow you know one of Lesnar's dates on this because they're lacking a John Cena. If John Cena you know is uh, you know unavailable. If he's that banged up, you know, maybe you do bring Lesnar back. Um, I don't know. I mean, the one thing I'm really curious about with Ryback is can he wrestle a match? Like a real match. I mean, he's taken a couple of shots. um, But most Ryback matches are fairly similar. Um, A lot of his run right now, and, and that's why I'd be curious if he winds up winning... You know, I know you get the Goldberg comparison, but go back uh, to the Ultimate Warrior. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, that Ryback is as big a douchebag as the Ultimate Warrior. I'm just saying character-wise, it's huge. He was popular as hell. He was over. I mean, I'll give him credit. Uh, Ultimate Warrior was over. He was the heir apparent. And then after he won the WWF title, it just kind of got stale. And it was, you know, the same thing every match. And, you know, he had this great entrance, but he he was gassed by the time he got to the ring. And it got old quick. Um, I'm really curious what Ryback can do in a real wrestling match. A real, you know, 15, 20-minute long match. You know, there's only so, like, he can't kill everybody. Because then it's going to be uninteresting, and then how are you going to believe that, you know, when he eventually loses, how do you believe it? So he has to have matches where it's at least somewhat in doubt that he's going to win. So to me, that's the biggest thing I want to see on, on Sunday. I am assuming that this match, since it's a Hell in a Cell match, will be the headliner. Um, I think that's a safe assumption that that's going to be the headliner. Uh, so a headlining match at the pay-per-view, that all being said, I'm assuming it's obviously not going to be a squash. Um, I'm really curious to see what Ryback can do in a real match. Uh, that That's really where I'm, I'm curious about. Um, 
because they decide to give him the strap, you know, how long? You know, how long? And I mean, I I like Ryback. I like what he's bringing to the table, but I do find myself watching him thinking, how long can this be interesting? Um, and you find that a lot with wrestling. I, I you know, I love the what the tag division was doing with Team Hell No. To be honest, it's getting a little old for me. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm the tag team champion. And it, now it gets to a point where, like, they're standing in the middle of the ring, and I'm like, they're going to chant, here it comes, and there you go, I'm the tag team champion. So it's it's like everything in entertainment, things get old. Um, can Ryback really wrestle a, an actual match is, is what I want to see on Sunday. And if they have a good, solid match, I think coming out of it, it really... Uh, doesn't matter who wins. Uh, I personally would like to see Punk win, um, maybe not cleanly. I, I agree with you there, Dave. I, I don't think he, you know, to keep up the monster persona, there has to be something underhanded. But Ryback has to lose. He has to lose. We, you know, and, and we've seen in the past, the longer streaks go, uh, the tougher it is. You know, something like this. Uh, with Goldberg, it was tough. You know, the longer the undefeated streak goes, the tougher it is to figure out how it's going to end. They can do this in a way where Ryback loses and he still looks strong afterwards. Uh, there's a lot of ways they can do it. So you can do something underhanded. It's hell in a cell. There's no DQ. Um, have Ryback lose the match. And, and you know, maybe have him pissed off at the end. Maybe have him get pinned, lose the match, and he stands up enraged, and you have Punk running uh, for the ramp to get the hell away from this insane, angered monster. Um, so the pay-per-view ends with Ryback standing in the middle of the ring and the champ running away and the crowd chanting, feed me more. So at least you get that first loss out of the way. Um, interesting though to, to speculate on there's so many different directions they can go in um, and if not a Lesnar do they have someone else in mind someone else in the back that uh, you know will ally themselves with Punk and Heyman is there someone else in the back who's a Heyman guy who knows but let's go out to the phone calls because I don't know why. With, with everything that's been going on the show and all the directions we've gone in, why not bring Dank on the line? Dank, are you there? Gentlemen, good evening. How are you today, Dank? I'm doing good, hanging in there. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. What do you got for us? Uh, first off, right off the bat, um, we do not, I repeat, do not need Honey Boo Boo. Anywhere near the WWE, we have our own version. We call it a three-man band. (laughs) We're set in the Honey Boo Boo White Trash Department. Thank you. Second of all, to answer your question of who do I think is underused, um, I was talking with the girlfriend about it, and she brought up Rhodes because she thinks that... um, he is a very good technical wrestler, and unfortunately, he doesn't have the charisma that Punk and Cena and your usual suspects bring. So, unfortunately, he's not used to his full potential, which I agree with. They put him now within this tag team, and it looks like it's working out, but 
unless they become tag team champions and the whole belt thing takes a heel turn, where do they go with it? How long can they keep him in on, on this team and still make him um, make good use as much as they can of him? On the other hand, what storyline would they want to put him in that could propel him into the Cena Punk kind of stardom? What do you think? It's a good question, uh, Dave. What do you think? Um, I mean, I the, the Road Scholars. I mean, it's working out in a sense with the two of them. Um, I like them both individually, like on their own. I think this is just for the short term. Um, I think Cody Rhodes should have been put in, in the in the main event scene in the upper echelon probably about a year ago after he got rid of the mask um, and, and kind of, you know, developed more as a character. He's really transitioned nicely. Um, I like how he tried to bring back prestige to the Intercontinental title, even though um, they didn't really have him defended a whole lot. Um, he tried I mean, bringing back the, the old school Intercontinental Championship belt. Um, as far as he goes, I mean, he's worked well with Randy Orton. I wouldn't mind seeing what he could do with a John Cena. Um, I mean, he, he's good as a heel. Um, what if they did a Cody Rhodes babyface? Um, you know, a, a babyface run. Maybe they split him and Sandow up, and he's, you know, he, he, he's, he's Sandow, you know, Sandow to me is not a likable character because he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. Cody Rhodes doesn't come off like that. Cody Rhodes is a great heel, um, but personally I'd like to see if what he could do as a babyface um, in the main event scene and uh, take it from there. I mean, he's done – he hasn't done bad stuff with anybody. His run with Big Show was good. His stuff with Rey Mysterio last year was real good. His stuff with Orton was good last year. Um, I think it's time for Cody to move up personally. You know, this is the time right now, especially with John Cena being injured. Obviously, they're, they're – they're plugging Ryback into that uh, that role of being the guy that they're going to hang their hat on um, as the guy to, to, to carry the company, or at least in the future. That's what that's what they want. But Cody Rhodes being a supporting player in the main event scene could definitely help. He could talk. He could work. He's got a good look. Gimmick's not bad. Why not give him an opportunity? Why not give him a shot? You know, I, I think I think he I think he can he can handle that pressure. I mean, he's the son of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, who quite arguably is probably one of the top five greatest of all time. If you were to, you know, put it, put a, uh, you know, uh, uh, if you wanted to make that list. Of, oh wait, I forgot. It's been done before, and we've had that discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's where I see Cody. Cody could, Cody could go, but I personally like him in a single. I don't like him in. A, I don't like the whole tag thing. I think this is just for the short term with him and Sandow. And the other thing I don't like about the fact that him and Sandow are together is they got a team name that's pretty good and it's caught on a little bit. But I'm always a proponent. If you're in a tag team, you guys are supposed to gel together, have the same mindset, kind of look the same, you know what I mean? And, I mean, Damian Sandow comes out in, like, you know, his grandmother's bathrobe, and then Cody Rhodes has got, like, this Mortal Kombat robe on with a hood, this leather hood, you know. I mean, they just look kind of out of place together as a team. That's just me personally. So, but well, I'd like to see Cody move up. So I think that that works too. But I I, I like their, them as a tag team a lot. Um, but I think it, you know I, I see short term. I see what you're saying. And and I 
the the first step in that 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 would be when you split them up. There would be a a Sandow Cody Rhodes rivalry. Um, mm-hmm. And I agree with you that Sandow is is the less likable of the two, and that that uh, so Sandow would be the heel, and and uh, Cody would obviously be the babyface, and that would be a jumping off point for uh, one, if not both of them. Um, but I, I would like to see Cody Rhodes. He's really talented, uh, and you know, there's there's not really anything that guy can't do, um, and I'd like to see him uh, move up. I would almost like to see, you know. I know you brought up, Dave, the, the IC title. I mean, it would be great if the two of them split up going after the IC title, giving that, again, we go, we always, we always go back to giving those other belts some prestige, but, uh, you know, those two being rivals down the road apiece uh, could work. Um, and, and that's always, you know, tag team wrestling is a grand tradition, you know, in wrestling that eventually you got to split them up. And, you know, maybe this is the, the vehicle to uh, – turn uh, Cody babyface and then move him into the main event picture. My last point real quick is talking about the whole Ryback Cena is we have how many months? Let's see, we're in October, November, December, January, February, March. Five, six months to WrestleMania. Why not, since Vince is trying to shake up this whole storyline and shake up the WWE and make new things, why not give Ryback the belt? See how he portrays himself as champion for like a month, month, couple of months. See how people react to him as champion. See how the storyline goes with him as champion. And then if you see that people are getting annoyed with it or they're not buying it, then throw in a quick storyline where you can go back to the formula that works, give it back to Punk, give it to Cena, and then go to WrestleMania with one of them as the champion. I don't see why, if he is testing the waters, not give the belt to Ryback for a while. It's, it's not a bad idea, you know. I mean, I, I, again, it's it, again, it's a good thing going into wrestling when you don't know. I mean, I, I could see this match going either way. I mean, like I said, I, I prefer the other way, but you're right. If they're going to test out someone's star power... Why not give him a shot now? You're not in WrestleMania season. It's, it might be a good time of year to test what he can do with the with the strap. I mean, I, I think the only thing that's hindering at this point is the fact that um, Punk keeps bringing up how long he's been champion. So I think just losing it to Ryback, there's no concrete, I don't know, like, Story or there's nothing really you can go with like oh well I've had it all this time I've had it for so long and then Ryback just comes around and takes it I don't know I think that's the one thing that for me it's what's keeping me on the fence about why not give it to Ryback because of the like Punk how long he's been champion but I stand my ground and I'm going with Ryback winning it next Sunday nice alright well and we'll talk about it again next Sunday so uh See what happens this week. As always, Dank, thanks for the phone call. No problem. Talk to you guys later. All right, and on the line, real quick, we're getting close to the end, but we have the BWO, still BWO heavyweight champion, Tristan Law on the line. Champ, how are you? Your champion, your BWO champion, Tristan Law is here on the line with you, Ken. How's everything going? Doing all right, you know, and let's let's get right into it because Steve called in earlier and he's you know not happy obviously, um, 
But he's he's saying now that he's he wants uh, something else. He wants another match. He wants another chance. Uh, some a no DQ. Uh, something along those lines. Um, are you in? Are you in a position to number one, number two, and are, are you looking to wrestle Steve off and give him another opportunity at your belt? Well, I mean, you know, I, I'm the champion, so I'm in a position to do pretty much whatever I want. But you know, at this point, you know, I, I beat Steve last night, you know, fair and square, because you know Steve was was was, was an animal. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I thought it was funny too because you know Steve just like snapped. He's an animal. Like he hit me oh with a chair. Full of shit. How am I full of shit? He hit me with a chair. You know what's worse? It's the stuff that comes out of your mouth is worse than what goes in it. That's what amazes me about you. But wow. Continue, horrible wow. diarrhea. I, you, you see, you see, I knew Steve was going to get on the phone and lie. So you know, because I'm your champion and I'm a man of prestige. Oh, you're I'm not here. My champion. So, I, so I am your champ. champ. I am your I, champ. I, I you, okay? I, I, I'm, I'm your champ, Dave, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set you straight, and I'm going to tell you the truth. So what happened was that Steve and I had a, had a pretty, 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 pretty good match. You know, I, I, I was in control for the majority of the match, and then when it came down to the end, you know, I went to get a chair because, you know, I wanted to have a seat in the middle of the ring, but Steve Off happened to hit me with it. You know, the referee didn't see that because his back was turned, or the referee turned around, he made a very good judgment call to see that I was on the ground, you know, in, in agonizing pain in the middle of the ring because I was just bludgeoned with the chair by Mr. Oh, Steve Off himself. That, that doesn't but seem fair. It, it's, it's not fair, you know. It's not fair. Like, why would, you know, I was trying to beat Steve fair and square, and I was going to beat him, and he got afraid. But the question that you asked me, Ken, was, was should he get a rematch? And, and the answer to that, you know what? I was going to say no, but I, I, I'm thinking about it right now. Hell no. Hell no, Steve Off should not get a rematch because I beat Steve last month. You know, Steve had his chance, and he blew it. You know, Steve last night couldn't control himself, you know, and, and happened to throw the match again. You know, I beat Steve a couple months ago, so, you know, Steve should even be lucky that I'm even mentioning, mentioning his name right now because right now he's not on my level, you know, well, but – um. Question honestly that you have no balls. Thank you for doing that at least. Well, I mean, you can ask your girlfriend. She can answer that. She she can actually verify whether I have balls or not. But um, I, I'd also like to say congratulations to my boy Ray Ray Mars. He's now the U.S. champion. That's one of my friends. You guys need to keep an eye on him in the in the BWO. He's the BWO U, uh, U.S. champion. But um, when it comes to Steve Off, I mean, you know, the best way to put it is Steve Off ain't getting shit. That's the best way for me to put it. Steve so he's Hall, done. He's so his, his his run at, at your title is, is, for all intents and purposes, finished. It's, it's, it's done. I mean, there, there is one title that is vacant right now because Arlene got hurt a couple months ago. It's the BWO Women's Championship. So, I mean, if he wants to be the champion, you know, he can always take the Women's Championship, you know, because, you know, I do nickname him Steve Bitch, and, and that's the perfect title for him is the BWO uh, Women's uh, Championship because that's currently vacant. I mean, you know, like Andy Kaufman did, you know, intergender kind of thing years ago. So, yeah. you know, maybe it that's... does look a little intergender. I mean, nothing wrong with that. It's 2012. You know, you're more than free to look whichever way you want and like whatever you like. But you know, I think that'd be a better belt for him. So, what do you got coming up? Uh, where where can the fans go and see you? Oh man, well, you know, if you always want to see me, you could always go to TristanLaw.com. You could always find out where you can see me, or you can uh, like me on Facebook. It's FB.com for Facebook. 
fb.com slash Tristan Law uh, fan page. Um, also, as well, I want you guys out there to check out uh, bodyslamwrestling.com. Uh, those people have been working very hard on the website. The website is getting good. You can also check out the pictures from last night's show. You can like them on Facebook, fb.com slash organization. But I also want to say as well, you remember last week when I called in and we talked about the, the Aces and Aids and Butter and Diva and stuff like that? Yes. I would like the entire world listening to know that, that I have a mind for wrestling because I pretty much told you what was going to happen. Don't believe everything you read on the Internet because I said that Devon could not be possible. He could not be with TNA, but he could still be with TNA, and he'd be in the ring that night. And I was right because I'm the law and I'm your BWO champion of the world. And that that's hey, why we fine. keep having you on. Uh, th- thanks a lot, champ, for the call, and uh, we'll get you on again real soon. No problem. Thank you, and you have a good night. You too, man. Bye. Well, and there you have it. Well, you know what? We'll see how this unfolds in the Body Slam Wrestling organization. But uh, Steve Off like, not going to get another shot at that title. He's going he's gonna to duck Steve, okay? And then him and that him and that degenerate old loser Tony Scoff are going to challenge the Honey Boo Boo Girl for a title match in Elmwood Park, New Jersey, whenever they decide to do another show again. So we already know what's going to happen. He's going to duck Steve because that's how he is. He's got no balls, okay? He talks out of his ass. That's Tristan Law. I've learned to, I've learned to deal with that. And you know what? He's such a, he's such a fighting champion. He, he he fights people who aren't in professional wrestling. Like he challenged me to a match. You know, he's some big tough guy. I'm, I don't claim to be no big tough. Guy, but if you're the man, you're the champ, dude. You're, you're gonna fight some radio host. Give me a break. We already know what's gonna happen. That's, well, that's and, you know, and, but in his defense, he's he's wrestled Steve twice now. So I mean, I I think Steve you know if Steve needs to get another shot, Steve should should have to earn it. He, he should just Steve be, both times to do it. But we digress. Let's get to yeah. it. we're we're running way over right now. So you know what? It's time for. The Ken Reedy Show, not of approval. This is a portion of our program where we talk about something in the world of wrestling that we just loved, you enjoyed, you sat back on your couch and just nodded to yourself and said, hey, that just worked. And we do this each and every week, and we want to hear from you. Post on the Facebook page, what do you think your nod of approval is this week? And Michelle DeGee posted her nod of approval this week. Well, it's funny. She said, definitely not, not in capital letters, the 3MB. That would be more like the shake your head in disgust of the week. So there you go. I think, didn't we say that one week we should have like the uh, head shake of disdain? Uh, something like that, but uh, yeah. so three MB not getting the nod of today, approval. The funny boo boo is not a, is, is my head shake at the stain this week. If we're going to institute that today, you know, it's funny because not not uh, uh, honey boo boo kind of went from being at WrestleMania to being to wrestling Tristan Law over the course of the show. So go figure. But the good thing this week is in our pre-show meetings we were in agreement, so we're running short on time. But both of us had the same pick. For the nod of approval, uh, good old-fashioned brawl, blow-off, rivalry match, blood, just stuff that if you grew up watching wrestling, you loved. 
Rude versus Storm, bound for glory, potential match of the year candidate right off the bat. That gets my nod of approval. Dave, as well, your thoughts on this match? It was just it was just a downright dirty fight. That is that's the way that the year long culmination, the builds in that storyline and that feud had to end. That these two just had to beat the crap out of each other, and one man was going to walk out, and one man was going to you know get carried out, and that's what happened. And they they delivered, and it was an awesome match. And I do agree, match of the year candidate in my opinion. Um, it was that it was that good of a, a match, and probably the highlight of Bound for Glory in my opinion. No, actually, definitely the highlight of Bound for Glory, and and it's so rare now in wrestling that you have a a, a rivalry like end in a way that that's satisfying, and uh, both those guys need to be commended, uh, you know, and especially what they both did to to really become bona fide single stars, um, you know, even when they kind of gravitated away from each other over the course of the year, there was still always that underlying. Rivalry between the two of them, former best friends, former brothers in arms, uh, you know, uh, just, and again, like, that's one of those things that, that we talked before, you know, in wrestling, uh, it's tried and true, you know, you, you split up a tag team and then make them rivals, and, and they did this so well where it, it was personal as well as professional, um, you saw it, the year-long culmination was was fabulous. I mean, it was just I, I can't say fabulous when I'm talking about wrestling. It, it was great, fabulous. Um, it was it was great. It was just a great build for the year. Uh, it was uh, just everything you want and everything you wanted. You know, it's so easy when there's that much tied to a match for the match to disappoint. We see it, you know, more often than not. You know, you see a match like that disappoint because there's so much tied to it and. They delivered big time on that match. So collectively, it doesn't happen often, but collectively, Dave and I both give Bound for Glory, Root vs. Storm, our nod of approval. The Ken Reedy Show, nod of approval. Well, we are getting down to the wire. Next week, our Hell in a Cell pregame. So be sure to check that out. We'll analyze more, more in depth in the matches for Hell in a Cell. And remember, if you're you're going to a Monday Night Raw uh, tomorrow night at uh you know Met, was it MetLife Stadium, Giant Stadium, whatever the hell they call it now. Um, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be surveying the area because I want to do a big tailgate next year for WrestleMania. So I'm gonna so I'm gonna be tailgating tomorrow. I'm just kind of looking at you know areas are good. So uh. You know, may may have a sign up tomorrow. We're working on that. So uh, if you see us, you know, if you're there Monday Night Raw, you see us hanging out tailgating, uh, come on over and say hi. We'll hang out, talk some wrestling. And obviously next week, oh, it's the IZOD Center. No, it's not the IZOD Center. Yeah, it is the IZOD Center. The IZOD, the stadium is MetLife Stadium, and it's the IZOD Center. That's where I was getting confused. Thank you, producer. Um, we have Mike Johnson on the show next week. We're talking giving us uh, his opinions on things in the business. So be sure to check that out next week. Probably the most respected name uh, in wrestling journalism right now out there. So he's going to be on the show next week. Um, And check us out on Facebook. We'll have the Raw thread going on uh, tomorrow night. Dave, as always, great show. 
Yes, as Jerry Garcia would say, what a long, strange trip it's been tonight. Uh, <laughs> we talk about Ryback getting a push. We talk about Sheamus and Big Show. And we talk about Honey Boo Boo. So uh, we've, I think we've covered all the bases here in the wrestling world. And if they're listening in Stanford, I think it's collective. If you're actually thinking about it, we don't want Honey Boo Boo anywhere near our WrestleMania. I don't even want her scalping tickets to the event. That's how exactly. bad I <laughs> For Dave, I'm Ken. Dave, we'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great night, everybody. Take care.